welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. Sometimes you don't feel like it, but you got to do it anyway. Amen. Sometimes right at the moment you may not feel like shouting, but sometimes when you express yourself in the Lord, you can praise yourself and shout yourself out of that, the way you're feeling at that moment. Praise God. Amen. Not every day is perfect. But God is perfect every day. Praise God. And if we will trust in Him and lean on Him, amen, and understand that we do not have the answers within ourselves, but we can find those answers in Him. And uh, this morning, if you were not here, uh, Brother Lindsay preached a message called Blessed. And... Uh, if you have not heard that message, you need to go back onto YouTube or, and you need to bring it up and you need to listen to that message because it will bless you. Amen. It will touch your heart. So once again, we're so delighted to have Brother and Sister Lindsay with us again this evening. God bless you. And uh, we are just expecting another Amen. Great service this evening. And uh, you only will get what you put into it. And you will only hear what you open your ear to. Amen. And the only way you can receive anything is by hearing. Amen. And if you don't hear the preach word, then change will not come. But if you will hear the word of the Lord... Amen. That's where liberty will come into your life, and God will do something great. So, Brother Lindsay, come once again. Thank you very much. Amen for being with us this evening. And Sister Lindsay, God bless. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Thank you, Lord. Ah, we have a right to praise Him. We have a right to praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I love that little song they sung earlier. Devil, get out of my way. God's going to get my praise. Thank you, Jesus kind of have an attitude to it. Sometimes you just have to have an attitude just to push your way through. Amen. Praise God. I've got to praise and I've got to get it out. Because you know, the enemy don't want you to get that praise out. So sometimes you just got to have an attitude. It says, I've got to praise and I got to get it out. I got to give him praise. 
I got to lift him up. I have to exalt him. Praise God. Praise God in this sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him upon the cell street and harp. Praise him upon the loud cymbal. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbal. Let everything, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everybody ought to praise the Lord. Oh, precious Lord, what a, what a privilege it is to be in God's house tonight with all of you wonderful people. Amen. And especially being here with your pastor and his good wife. What a precious, precious, precious uh, couple. Pastor and Sister Hildemore, we really appreciate you. And thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, and you may be seated. Uh, for my wife Patricia and I to be here with you uh, uh, today. We, we just enjoyed it. We enjoy your company. And uh, uh, what, what a great um, time we have had already. Your hospitality has just been uh, so wonderful. And this is such a great atmosphere here tonight. We've come to praise him. How many, how many feel that way? Amen. Praise God. Well, we are already here. We might as well. <laughs> Amen. And God is good. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. He's still good. He's good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise is comely among the upright. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. You would be amazed what can be accomplished when we praise the Lord. It's a, it's a weapon that he gives to us. He can pass our path round about with songs of deliverance. And sometimes the battle is greater than, than you and I can, can, uh, can, can imagine or even deal with. We just got to praise the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I feel like my back is against the wall and I just begin to sing. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. God is great and greatly to be praised. You just begin to praise Him. You just begin to open your mouth and just give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. You mind clapping your hands one more time? Thank God. Before the rocks cry out, I'm going to praise Him. I don't want the rocks praise Him for me. Amen. I don't want the rocks praise him for me. You have to tell yourself before the rocks cry out. And Jesus said, if these hold their peace, if these hold their peace, just let them alone. Let them praise me because if they hold their peace, then the rocks and the stones will cry out. Something is going to praise the Lord. Something is going to praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. He will always be praised. He will always be praised. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you again so very much. You've been so kind. Amen. It's easy to love 
uh, people like you, it's just, it's just so easy to love this congregation. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having us. Amen. We're in a battle, folks. Uh, I wish I could tell you that, you know, it's, it's just coming to church. But I have to be honest and tell you that, you know, as you are being a part of the body and being in the church, you have to think in your mind that it's a fight. You're in a battle. Amen. Uh, we're, we're up against things that want to keep us from going forward. There are pressures that we feel, external pressures that we feel, that, 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 that tries to oppress. And there's the spirit of oppression that's in our, in our world. You don't even have to do very much, but you can feel the pressure. You want to give God praise and you feel like there's a weight on you. Like something is interfering with your praise. So the song says, devil, get out of my way. Oh, yeah. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. You got to get an attitude, church. Devil, get out of my way. Because I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. My victory is in the praise. Your victory is in the praise. You're just a praise away from your victory. And that's why he don't want you to praise God because you know you're so close to your victory. God designed us to be victorious. God doesn't want us to be defeated. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We are the church of the living God. We're not just a little group that's coming together. And if you're visiting and it's, if it's your first time or maybe multiple times, but you're a visitor and not a part of the body, you're among a wonderful group of people. We're a part of the body of Jesus Christ. This is not a man-made idea. God thought about this, and he thought about it very long. Amen. He took a while before he opened it up. He took a while before he established it. God is very methodical in what he does, you know. He's very intentional in what he does. He knew from the beginning what he wanted. Amen. He had a relationship with man in the Garden of Eden. And because of sin, that relationship got interrupted. The devil got in the way, interrupted the fellowship because he had that relationship with Adam in the garden and Adam and Eve. And when sin entered the picture, that disrupted that fellowship. But right there in the garden, while Man uh, hid himself from the presence of God. Genesis 3, he hid himself from the presence of God. But if you go all the way down into the New Testament, you will see that in the book of Acts, man is united 
with the presence of God. And if you wait long enough and get to the book of Revelation, you will see that the church is going to be united right about the throne in the presence of God. It's going to be a circle, friends. Amen. You'll see the other side of the rainbow because there is one round about the throne and you will see the fullness of what God is doing with his people. What we lost in the Garden of Eden, God wants to restore. Wants to restore. It took a while to get him down to the Gospels till the angel announced his birth. He had to go through all those prophets and the kings and the prophets and the, all through the Old Testament, but he had that in mind that he was going to build his church. We're in the book of Matthew tonight and Matthew chapter 16. Jesus asked his disciples, a question, and if you would stand, we will just go quickly to the word. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let me have that on the screen. You could have it say amen. <laughs> Praise God. If you don't have your Bibles, you could see it on the screen. But Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. And we can read together, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say, some say, Thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pray. God, in your precious name, you're awesome in this world and you're awesome in this church tonight. You're omnipotent. You're omnipresence. We're touching things here tonight, God, that's not of man. It's, you said flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. It was divine revelation. Would you touch us here tonight? the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. There's a reason why we praise him. When we think of what he has done for us. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me. That's why we can't keep still. That's why you see some folks running. That's why you see some folks praising. Amen. 
They're thinking about what he has done, what he means. And you may not know what they've been through or where they've been in their journey, but they're thinking, what a good God. He woke me up this morning, started me on my way. He's been good to me. And it's why I have to praise him. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord has a plan for his people. And here in our text, he asked a very direct question. Well, he said, who do men say that I am? He wanted to know what the general population was saying thinking and they gave him some answers but he wanted to know also what his disciples knew about him so he said who do you say that I am because it's important that we not only know what others are saying but we know that we know that we know who Jesus is. Through divine revelation, Peter gave him an answer. Thou art the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And when he heard that revelatory word, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So the church is a divinely instituted body. The church came out of the mind of Christ. It's not just uh, some group that just think that, oh, we might just have a church. The God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the ends of the earth decided that he wants to have a body a called out body that he calls the church, the ecclesia. And he set upon this rock the revelation that he is the son of the living God. I'm going to build my church upon the, revel the revealed word. No scriptures of any private interpretation. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The church is built upon the revelation and the revealed word of God. I just, want, I just feel like emphasizing that we're part of a body that's not start, that was not started by some earthly uh, initiative. It is the plan and the purpose of God. And sometimes we just need a little reminder that we're in a Good place. We're in a safe place when you're in the church. Because it's built on the rock. It's built on the revealed word. Times will change and have changed. Systems change. But the Lord says the gates of hell will not prevail. The church is going to be here. When all the systems have crumbled, 
the church will remain. And I know sometimes we get a little nervous as to what might happen to the church. We don't need to be nervous about it. Jesus said upon this rock, it don't matter how much the thunder rolls. It doesn't matter the shaking. It doesn't matter whether there's pandemic or no pandemic. The church will remain as long as God wants it in the earth. The church will be here until he's ready to say, come up higher. Nothing is going to shake it, move it. The church of the living God that's built on the rock, which is the word of God, will always be here till he moves it. Amen. He said, I will build it. But he said something else that's very interesting. The gates of hell shall not prevail against them. And that tells me that there's going to be a fight. You can expect forces to come against it. You can expect some adversarial force to push against it. But he says, guarantee the church will remain. The gates of hell will not win. I know I've said it before. I just keep saying it because somebody needs to know that you're in a stable situation here. In the church of Jesus Christ. The church triumphant. And if you're not in the church, the question is, are you in the church triumphant? It is a triumphant church. It is a holy church. It is a church that's built by the word of God. Jesus said it. I'll build it. Gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want to talk to you tonight. And Elder, what I, I'd come to preach about just this evening, I, I felt something a little a shift, and I, 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 I'm going to talk to you about something that just, just came into my thoughts this evening. And I heard the songs as they were singing the praise and worship, and it kind of just does just tie into what I want to say very shortly for a few minutes here to you, is that the devil has three nightmares. Don't ever think the devil is not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. There is only one that is, in fact, the word said he's the only potentate. There's only one that holds that title as being omniscient. There's only one that holds the title as being omnipotent. There's only one that holds that title of being uh, omnipresent. He is the almighty God. That's who is on your side. That's who is on our side. That's who built the church. The omnipotent one. The all-powerful one. You can have confidence in this. Because he is not a secondary personnel in, in, in some kind of a structure. He is God. The only true God. 
and the eternal life. And he built the church, but we will have adversaries. And the devil will fight against it. And he will fight against you. But I feel like just remind you that there are three nightmares that he's going to have. You see, in the Garden of Eden, when he beguiled Eve and got her to distrust the word of God and go contrary to it and cause the Lord to uh, put Adam and Eve out of uh, the garden and, and, and they got cut off from the presence of God and cut off from the tree of life. He, he heard that God said the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head. So he, he, he knew that God wasn't just going to get rid of Adam and Eve, that he had a solution in mind for the problem. And all along, the devil is watching what God's going to do because he, don't, he doesn't want man to come back to that place of fellowship. So every time God makes a move to bless and to favor man, he tries to interrupt the process because he's trying to keep us out of our blessings. He knows that God loves his creation. The psalmist says, when I think of the, the heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars that the Lord has made, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that he visits him? God loves you. If you're visiting here tonight, God loves you. If you're a, a longtime member or established member, God loves you. He loves man. And when man failed, God wanted to fix it. And he was going to fix it through his son, Jesus Christ, the Savior that would come. He made a promise. In Isaiah chapter 9, unto us a child is born, the prophet said. Unto us a son is given. His name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. It was a promise that God was going to put a solution in place. The first nightmare for the devil is Jesus Christ. He didn't want that Savior to be born. Because he know if that Savior is born, that's trouble for him. He's in big trouble. So when the angel announced his birth, and the shepherds went to seek after him, one of the first things he tried to do is to get Herod to kill him. But that didn't work out because God is intentional about saving mankind. 
and will not allow the devil to destroy his plan. He made other attempts to destroy him. They tried to kill him several times, but they couldn't because his time was not yet come. Man, he said, nobody's going to take my life from me. I laid down. And I will take it up again. Amen. The Pharisees, you know, came to him one time and said, Well, Herod, after he failed at his birth, Herod now wants to kill you. He plans to kill you. You need to leave town. In Luke chapter 13, verse 31, the same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go tell that folks. Behold, I cast out devils. I do cures today and tomorrow. And the third day I shall be perfected. In other words, he's unstoppable. The devil cannot interrupt his plan. God's going to get done what he wants done, church. God will get done what he's done. He said, I'll work today. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to do what I'm here to do. And the devil can't stop it. He is a nightmare for the devil. He don't know how to handle him. And if you notice several times, when he tried to, to disrupt the plan of God, he tempted him coming out of the wilderness, fasting coming out of the wilderness, Try to get him to go contrary to his divine purpose. Make these bread, these stones into bread, or, or, or come down from this pinnacle, or you know, I'll give you all of this city that I'm going to show you. And, uh, and, and in each case, the Lord was able to reject him. Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written. He used the word against him. But when he can't get to the Lord, he will try. To get to those that are close to him. And so on a couple occasions you will see uh, Peter saying things that would uh, interrupt the path to the cross. He's talking about the, the cross and what's coming up and Peter says, oh no Lord, no, no, you can't do this. He was, what he was saying may seem like it wasn't uh, a, a major uh, 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 interruption, but it really was. Because if he didn't go to the cross, then we couldn't be saved. Then the world would still be lost. And that was his mission. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he had to go to Calvary. So even though he loved Peter, he knew something was moving him. To disrupt his plan. 
He took three of them, uh, Peter, James, and John, up into the mount, Matthew 17, transfigured, amen, before them. And Peter started to say, Lord, now let's build three tabernacles. Amen. Why are you going to build three tabernacles? That's not part of the salvation plan. If he would have given into that, built three tabernacles, one for thee, uh, one for Moses, one for Elias, that's contrary to salvation's plan. That's a disruption. And Jesus would not have any of it. In fact, God wouldn't have any of that. While he was speaking, a cloud just showed up, disrupted the conversation. And God spoke, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. You will not disrupt the path to Calvary. And that's because he was thinking of us. He was thinking of the salvation plan that he needed to bring to fruition. Jesus is the devil's greatest nightmare. But the church that is on fire, the church that's filled with his spirit, the church that is triumphant, the church that's baptized in his name. The church that's walking humbly with him is also a nightmare for the devil. He can't handle a church that's on fire. He can't handle a church that is triumphant. He can't handle a church that is filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's a nightmare for the devil. If he can keep us lukewarm, if he can keep us disinterested, disconnected, Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. You cannot bear fruit except you abide in me. So the devil knows that as long as we abide in God, we're going to be fruitful. We're going to be overcoming. And he can't stop the church that's built on the rock. That's a nightmare for the devil. That's a nightmare for the devil. A strong church. A powerful church, a church with the name. He can't defeat that kind of church. But there is a third nightmare for the devil. I'm going to take your attention tonight because this is where I felt something uh, today. Now I really want to talk to you a little bit about it. I'm going to take you to the book of Psalms. 127, Psalm 127, verse 3 uh, to 5. I know you've heard this scripture, no doubt, many times. 
And I want you to take a look at it again. It says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak to the enemy in the gates. Now, I've heard that quote, the scripture quoted many times. And uh, we'll say, children are in heritage of the Lord. And I think we can get along with that. Children are a blessing, they're heritage of the Lord. And we can get along with, you know, it's great to have a whole bunch of them. Except when you have to pay. <laughs> but children are wonderful. And uh, we can get along with that. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them, but it did not stop there. There's something here that I want to call your attention to. The scripture says that those children, not only that you're going to have your quiver full of them, those children will speak with the enemy in the gates. That my friends, is a nightmare to the devil. Children who will speak with the enemy in the gate is a nightmare for the devil. I won't break it down. That's trouble for him. It just means that from generation to generation, he's going to have problems. If these children are equipped, if these children have the connection that they need to have, that's going to mean trouble for him. Generation after generation after generation. The Bible says, by prophecy, by the divine word, that the children would speak with the enemy in the gates. The gate is a place of stronghold. That's where judgments and decisions are made. That's where uh, moral decisions are, are decided or moral issues are resolved. In historic times, it's in the gate that they would settle a lot of matters, a lot of it of issues and inheritance and things like that would be uh, uh, resolved and discussed and settled. Great matters would be settled in the gates. It's, it's, it's a place of decision that would impact generations to come. And when the children are able to stand in the gate and withstand the enemy, and face down the enemy and overcome the enemy in the stronghold. That's a nightmare for the devil. Is it any wonder, therefore, that he doesn't want our children to be saved? 
And I'm going to take my little time here, and I'm, I won't be long, but I want to say a few things here. The devil doesn't want our children to be saved because it's a nightmare for him. If they're in Christ, if they're filled with the Holy Ghost, if they have faith in God, if the Word is in them, if they're in love with Him, that's a nightmare for the devil. He knows he's in trouble. So he's okay if they're just in church but not in God. Not in Christ. If they're just in the programs but not in God. Because when you're in God, when you have a relationship with God, when the Word is in you and you're in the Word, and when the Spirit is in you as a young person, if you're here tonight, you are a threat to the devil and his kingdom. You may not think you are much, but if you have the Holy Ghost, and if you have the Word in you, you're a nightmare to the devil. So he wants to rob us of our children. Because when one generation passes on, if the children are not strong, then you keep getting a weaker and a weaker generation. He's okay with us just saying God is good, but the devil is not so bad. He can live with that. Because then he has you at a place where you're, you're compromised. You're at a place where you can't really defeat him. Because with one hand we're saying God is good. But with the other hand we're saying the devil is not so bad. And that's where he wants to keep our children. You don't have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to get all of that word in you. You don't have to be so dedicated. You can just hang around and just, uh, just participate in the, in the things that appeals to the sensual part of us, but you don't have to really get in God because if you get in God, He knows. He's got trouble. He's a liar, that's right. And the father of it. Amen. He's a deceiver. So, he's okay. With our children, just having all kinds of great positions. And nothing's wrong with that. Great education, great position. But no Holy Ghost. No word. They can't defend the faith, what they believe in. If he can keep our children right there, then he will defeat the cause. 
But I felt something. God says, we, we need to get a, a courage within us. Something needs to turn within us. Said, devil, you're not getting my babies. You're not getting my children. You may think you have them now. But I'm not going to sit still and let you win this battle. We're apostolic. We're one God. Jesus' name. Tongue talking. Heaven bound. Believers in the liberated power of Jesus' name. Our children ought to be the same. Devil, you're a liar. They ought to be apostolic. Church is not boring. He will try to tell them, church is boring. You don't need to be, you don't need to be so involved. They need to be involved. You don't need the word so much. You need the word. You don't need the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Yes, they do. Because if they do, they will carry on this great cause to the next generation and to their children and to their children and to their children. When the Holy Ghost came at Pentecost, the word was the promises unto you, to your children and your children's children, to those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the Holy Ghost is not just for us. It's for our children and their children and their children. And the Holy Ghost filled child is a nightmare to the devil because he can't control them when they're filled with the word and the Holy Ghost. So he wants to keep them where God's good, but the devil's not so bad. And God says, we need to rise up. You know, they, they, you know, we could use the internet for a lot of good things. And there are a lot of people who are on some of the social media programs and, uh, you know, and, 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 and having different groups. You know, I wonder if it's not possible to, 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 to organize a group that is, you know, mothers to save our children or fathers to save our children. An apostolic group where you have mothers who are apostolic mothers who are determined just to have prayer sessions. You have a child that's not saved. Or you have children that are not saved. And you just, you just organize that prayer and determine the devil, you're not going to get my children. We could use it wisely. Our children need to be doctors. Yes. 
lawyers and teachers and policemen and engineers. And I felt that this year. Not just the credential. If they just have the credential, it's not good enough. And I felt like the Lord is saying, yes. Your children need to have those positions. They need to be CEOs, and they need to be presidents of com companies, and they need to be leaders in the land because they will help to shape the direction. They will help to, they will help to bring transformation to a culture that's in a state of, of, of erosion. It's eroding that which is right and true. But if we have some strong apostolic voices in these places, it will shift the direction of things. He says your children can be doctors. He's not against that. Because when you have a child who is a medical doctor, who is filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with the Word, he said there's going to be some times when there's some cases that come in that the medical practice can't deal with it. And that Holy Ghost-filled doctor going to have to step in a room next door said, give me a few minutes here. I got a case. That's bigger than the practice. Just give me a few minutes. And they said, Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And step back into that room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They need to be scientists. It's okay. Holy Ghost filled people can be scientists. Because they will bring the right balance to things. They will know that without God there is no science. Don't let the world fool you and tell you you have to believe the science and forget God. God was before science and will always be. Without God you can't have science. They will bring the right perspective. When they get into meetings and things starting to go south. And they begin to bring an agenda that will lead to moral decay. They can have a voice because they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're filled with the Word. And they have faith in God. They can shift the conversation. They can influence the conversation. There will be a threat to the plan of the enemy. There will be a nightmare to the devil. Can you imagine Holy Ghost filled nurses in the hospital? All of these cases, sometimes terminal cases, 
but you have nurses laying hands on people and saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Doctors are saying, in the name of Jesus. That's a nightmare to the devil. And we need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. I wonder tonight, I'm just about closing. Jesus is a nightmare to him. He can't control him. He never could and never will. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And that's why he said in the church, now you can go on that. After you have received my spirit, you're my body. We're not just a little group just kind of wandering around. We are the, the church of the living God. His spirit is in us. And we have a commission to go in his name. And the church, no matter how small it is, is a threat to the enemy. But our children, And tonight, I know there may be children who were once and all over our movement, I know. It's children who have been through our Bible schools and children who just been part of our movement and now not fully engaged in God. I don't believe we can any longer just be nonchalant about it. Oh, this one was in church, but no, they're not in church anymore. They need to be at travail. We have to rise up and say, not on my watch. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to call unto God. I'm going to storm heaven. Because our children need to be saved. Don't let the devil tell you your children don't have to be apostolic. If I'm apostolic, my children have to be apostolic. Now they may walk away. They may drift away. But in my heart and in my head and in my prayer, they need to be apostolic. I won't accept anything else. Filled with the Holy Ghost. How else would they defeat the enemy? How else would they overcome? How else would they be a threat to the enemy? For as long as they're saying God is good, but the devil is not so bad. You can't defeat him. And he will eventually destroy him. Will you stand with me here tonight? I, I wonder if, if we, could, we, we could do something maybe a little different here tonight. I, I'd like us to pray for the different, uh, some different age categories here. You know, uh, uh, 13 to, 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 to 17 AB. If we could have somebody who could represent that group. And, and, and 18 to maybe 25. We have people in that category. That were in church, not in church, or kind of just in and out, or maybe, maybe just, maybe just uh, uh, in the building, but not in God. What about 26 to 
to maybe 35. We have people in that church. We have people in uh, uh, 36 to maybe 40. There are people who are in that age group that are not in God. But there's somebody's baby. They need to be in God. That's the only way we're going to have the victory. That's the only way we're going to have the victory. But we need to rise up and say, you're not getting my baby. They may drift. They may wander off. But in the name of Jesus, I didn't bring them into the world by the help of God for them to be anything else but apostolic. And I know if we pray sincerely, something is going to happen. You would be amazed. They will start coming in. They'll start coming in. The Lord said, I'll bring them from the north, I'll bring them from the south, I'll bring them from the east, I'll bring them from the west. When we pray, when we cry out, when we, when, we, when we get to that place where we said, not on my watch, my children must be saved. They're a nightmare to the devil when they're filled with God's Spirit. When they're filled with the Word. And it doesn't matter what position in life. They could be the CEO. We need CEOs filled with the Holy Ghost. Presidents of companies filled with the Holy Ghost. Scientists, lawyers, doctors. It's for everybody, folks. It's not just for poor people. It's for the rich. Educated, uneducated. It's everybody. It's whosoever will let them come. Everybody needs a Holy Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. I'd like us to pray tonight if we can. We need to pray for our children. Praise God. Praise God. Our young people are maybe just wavering. Kind of in and not and out. Not where we know they really need to be. I just felt a burden that we need to rise up. Start a prayer group or something. Maybe cut back on some of the online conversation and just have a prayer time instead of posting and reposting and reposting. How about a prayer? A prayer chain? specifically targeting young people who once tasted of the heavenly gift. But the enemy has them in a place where they're not a threat to him. We need them to come back to God. That's all I'm saying tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe in what I'm saying. I believe it. Our children is going to come back. Our children, you have to believe that tonight. Praise God. I wonder if we have any believer here tonight 
Amen. Maybe you want to, if you, if you don't mind, just, just move up front and say, we'll join in prayer. We're believing to, to bring our, our young people back. Just step up front. If you're, whatever age category, you have a child, you have a son, or you know somebody. We want to stand in the gap. Because a child that's filled with the Holy Ghost and the Word and faith is a threat to the enemy. And when they're in high places and they have God, they will change the direction of things. God help us tonight. God help us tonight. God help us tonight in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah thank you Jesus save our children we're not willing God that it be in a compromised position you're good and the devil's not so bad no we refuse that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Break down strongholds. Break chains. Going up to Return the high places.
the name of Jesus. Going in the name of Jesus. 